0: What's up everyone this is another episode of the triple Ops report podcast and today it's just a week recap of what happened over the weekend so first off the movies Oppenheimer and Barbie both did outstanding way ahead of what they're projected to do Oppenheimer was projected to go about 50 mil like domestic lives over the weekend it went 82 mil. Way more than expected. Uh, Barbie was expected to go somewhere from 95 to 110 mil domestically over the weekend, the opening weekend. Some people had as high up as about 150. They went 164. So they both did way better than expected. They're definitely both going to break even, obviously, with what, like, because they weren't, they didn't have a lot of money spent overall like the production and everything of the other movies so yeah they're both definitely gonna break even so a huge success for both of them and and then I look at uh overall first off they both had high scores like people loved it but if I'm correct I believe Rotten Tomatoes had not just the critics but the audience score for Oppenheimer 94 percent and for Barbie I believe either 90 or 91 and the same exact thing for them both the critics and their audience scores were that high so, yeah, they they both are universally liked, uh, critically acclaimed, commercially way more successful than expected, which is a good thing. They're going to make bank, they're going to break even, so no bombs. And I look at, like, someone might ask, like, how much longer can they keep this up? I think it can go for a while, because I look at the future, like, these this upcoming schedule for movies coming out, and I don't know. Like, I don't see a lot of big movies or potential uh, blockbusters coming out anytime soon. And Mission Impossible is doing good, uh, but it's, what, a couple weeks older? So I don't see it leapfrogging them. Uh, no other movies. All the other movies kind of bombed. And it wasn't Sound of Freedom. That's not beating it. So, yeah, like, I, I, I see Barbie Oppenheimer probably staying on top for a while so like what does this mean for like the rest of the year when it comes to movies i don't know if this makes an impact to like the rest of the year i don't know if this means like oh movies are back again yay either they both were to and i don't know how oppenheimer would do this i don't see them doing this but like maybe barbie could do this like break a billion i still don't know what that does for the rest of the movie industry those movies were hyped up from the get-go for a while as far as the appeal, which is why they voted so successful, is that they're merging both fan bases into one with the whole, I'm gonna go see Barbie and Oppenheimer both back to back and all that. Like, they helped boost up them their own uh, uh success. So I don't know what that does for other movies that aren't as hyped up and aren't as well advertised. Like I I talked about how in an early episode like why uh Pixar movie this year bombed because no one even promoted it. Disney and ESPN didn't even promote it. So, like, yeah, it's all up to promotion. And with what's happening now, with uh, the strikes and, and, and stuff like that happening, which, again, I'm on I'm on board with, with the people striking. They deserve to get their proper pay. But, like, you can't, uh, if I'm correct, they can't, like, go on to, like, uh, the red carpet and promote their stuff. And you can't do award shows like that. So there's no way for movies to really promote themselves now. Again, dealt this again is another thumbs up to Oppenheimer and Barbie's success. In spite of that, they still managed to put that up. But still, like other movies in the future, probably aren't going to have that uh, amount of hype around them anyway, because Barbie and Oppenheimer already had hype around them for months beforehand. So I don't know about like what that can. I don't know if that can that success for Barbie, Barbie and Oppenheimer that will lead to success. Uh, for other movies coming out later on this year in twenty twenty three. Now, speaking of uh, protests that have been happening, and rightfully so, and uh, strikes, uh, the San Diego Comic-Con felt, I guess with no TV shows and whatnot around there, it felt more like an actual Comic-Con in a weird way because it was just comic books for the most part. And probably one of the more h- bigger headlines that came out of it was uh, with Marvel Comics uh some new comic comic books coming out you know there's a new spider Gwen comic book coming out a captain america one with steve rogers a new uh spider-man comic book coming out uh based around uh superior spider-man uh comic book that used to be around what almost 10 years ago about 10 years ago actually might be longer than 10 years ago jesus it's only been 10 years but yeah like going back to that but, uh, the, the, the main ones I want, I want to talk about, uh, well, point out was, uh, obviously you talked about in an earlier episode, uh, Ms. Marvel, uh, the new mutant, that's gonna be a big one, is, I guess she's a mutant, I don't know, is she's still an Inhuman, who knows, but, yeah, like, uh, she's reconnect she's gonna be connected to the X-Men, I guess now, so, that's big news, obviously, uh, and then there's X-Men Blue Origins, it's gonna talk about, uh, I guess... The real origin between uh, Nightwing and, and, and Mystique. That's interesting. If you know about uh, a guy named Chuck Austin and, like, his run on, on Uncanny X-Men back in, like, 20 years ago now. Actually, more than 20 years ago. Wow. And, like, uh, how not good it was. It was awful, quite frankly. Uh, they did something involving a storyline involving Nightcrawler and Mystique and how Nightcrawler's Mystique's kid. I guess they might change that up. Good because it was not a good storyline. I'll just say that. Uh, and a, a new one called a. Uh, is I guess it's called a. Uh, Who are the new X Men? Yeah, like, like it has old school X Men logo on it, like from the nineties. It looks like a like a age of, of Apocalypse X Men. So I I wonder what's happening with that. Like, uh, Coca-Cola, we don't know what's going to happen with that. I think it's probably going to fall. And now we're going to have a new era of X-Men, I guess. Maybe. Like, I'm lied for that. So the X-Men are taking a front and center for Marvel, it looks like. I mean, they have already for a a couple years now. But, like, now it's definitely. Which makes me think they're really starting to push towards uh, the X-Men and then Fantastic Four for the MCU, probably not this year. Heck, not even really last, I mean, next year, but by 2025, you are probably gonna see, start to see, like, all right, what's happening. Which is good, because as good as Secret Invasion has ended up being, it's, no one's really talking about it like that. I think, I tweeted this out, actually, like, this weekend, I think that the MCU's problem is it's not superhero fatigue, but uh, I think it's Uh, Avengers fatigue. I just think it is so, like, there's always so much you can do with the Avengers. There are not a lot of characters who are traditionally Avengers in the comic books, and at the end of the day, I still think comic books are king, even though the movies are probably more relevant in a weird way. Like, Shang-Chi being a a part of, uh, of, of the Avengers seems weird because he's not, not because, like, it's because he's not really an Avenger in the comic books. He's just a solo guy for the most part. That's kind of his strength. It, it it just it doesn't feel right if you're just putting random people in the Avengers. Now, not that Shang Chi is, is a bad. No, he's a great character. He's awesome. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't really connect. It would be like putting, uh, the Human Torch in the X Men or something. Like, like you're just putting someone in there because they're relevant and the Avengers are relevant. So, boom. So, like, hopefully bringing in the X-Men and Fantastic Four help boost back up that enthusiasm, that hype that uh, the MCU had in the past. And people were doing nothing but talking about them at one point. And also, yeah, X-Men 97, that's coming soon. So, uh, yeah, like I said, the X-Men are taking front and center here. And that's great, honestly. You need some more variety. Marvel and DC both have a lot of comic book Teams, characters, stories it is very diverse in both. And it's better to talk about all of them and not just one or two. Now, the reason why I just said, like a couple minutes ago, that I don't think that it's a comic book or superhero fatigue, but more of a MCU Avengers fatigue is the Invincible. There's a lot of hype around that. The season two, the trailer just came out, and it's official November 3rd of this year, 2023. It's back on Amazon. Was it Amazon? I don't know. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. So yeah, eventual, ev- Invincible. I, I'm hyped because the first season was amazing. And like I said in an earlier episode, like it's funny if it was Invincible at first. People weren't really talking about it like that. Even though people who read the comic books knew that this is going to be an, an, an amazing show. But like people who, who weren't like comic book readers like that were like oh, okay what is this but then the more they looked to, it was like oh and then like by the second half of the first season people were like oh my god like they were just yeah everyone was talking about it on twitter at least so like like yeah i'm hyped a lot of people were hyped and it's gonna do numbers pretty much like and the first little sneak peek they had the the uh, adam eve special they had was awesome so it's getting universal praise they're even making a video game about her Let's see how well that does. I think it'll do great. But yeah, like, like, Invincible, I am liked. And for people who were wondering who, for me, who has read the comic book, well, yeah, season two, if you thought season one was insane, and you thought season one was great, season two will be better, and season two will be a lot more crazier. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. There's a, there's a lot of stuff in this comic book that will translate to season two in future seasons that, yeah. It, you're, you thought there was a lot of discourse beforehand. Well, they, there will be a lot of discourse on Twitter for the, these next two to three seasons. If Twitter's still around, you know, with everything that's going on with... Uh, if it's even going to be called Twitter, so I'll still call it Twitter. Who cares what Elon Musk wants. But yeah, like, there's a lot of hype around this. And I'm happy about it. I'm ready. You know what else I'm ready for, though? Checkered past. Uh This is a big thing that's happening for Cartoon Network and Adult Swim. Well, it looks more connected to Adult Swim even though it's a Cartoon Network show. Which is not the first time this has happened. Uh, the previous decade when, when Toonami came back, even though that was strictly a Cartoon Network thing, it became a part of Adult Swim. Even though for a lot of people who are my age or older, you knew that in the past, Toonami was a thing for like anime and action for like a Cartoon Network, while well, Adult Swim had their own anime block, little mini block that would happen on, on weekends. But, yeah, when it came back, tsunami came back, it was just a part of Adult Swim. Like, yeah, whatever. No, screw you, Cart- Cartoon Network. We're just putting this in Adult Swim. I guess they're going to do the same thing here with, with Shakered Past. Uh, it's starts at 5 p.m., like, like I thought, uh, two hours from 5 to 7. Uh, it's going to be an old, like, powerhouse era 1997 to 04, 05 cultural network shows that I grew up watching as a kid. Like stuff like Etta Ed, Ed and Eddie and Encourage the Cow be Dog and Dexter's Laboratory. You know, shows like that with uh, Grim Adventures and Billy and Mandy. So, yeah, like, like, first off, as a person who grew up watching those shows, I'm hyped because, yeah, it was awesome. That was an awesome time to, to watch TV as a kid. Between that and what was on Disney Channel and, and, and uh, Toon Disney and uh, was it Zook Disney that used to be part of Disney Disney Channel and Nickelodeon, stuff like that. Like, yeah, I, I'm right. But what I do have to say is, okay, uh, what does this mean for Cartoon Network, though? Because this is, a, this is connected to Adult Swim, apparently, and not really Cartoon Network. So now Adult Swim is going to start at pretty much 5 o'clock p.m., All the way to about what six a.m. next day, while Cartoon Network is from six a.m. to five p.m. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I think that means that Adult Swim is making up taking up more time on Cartoon Network than Cartoon Network itself. It's officially happening August twenty eighth of this year. So, yeah, Adult Swim's going to make up majority of the time on Cartoon Network over Cartoon Network. I'm just going to say this. I, I, I think what's going to happen... I think eventually... They're just going to do what uh, they did with, with Ray with Adult Swim. And they already have it in Canada. Like, just a full Adult Swim channel. Which makes sense. Uh, now, for Cartoon Network what I think will happen is that probably you'll do what they used to, what they originally did with Boomerang when well even pre-Boomerang when it was just showing the old cartoons was like when I was growing up at first like they used to have Cartoon Network until about what 9, 10pm or whatever and they show stuff like the Bob Clampett show and Tex Avery show and uh was a uh, and Tune Heads and, and shows like that like like those, and then immediately afterwards, it'll go straight to like old school classic cartoons like the Flintstones and, and, and the Jetsons and, and, and Jabberjaw, stuff like that. Like, I think they're going to do the same thing with Cartoon Network in in the future. They're going to have started out with Cartoon Network, you know, usual Cartoon Network, and then around probably 7 p.m. Because Adult Swim is its own channel now, it'll just go straight to like the old powerhouse cartoon era, powerhouse era cartoon shows. Which, again, I'm fine with because those would be considered old now in a weird way. Like, me growing up, shows like, what, G.I. Joe and Transformers were, like, kind of old school. Like, some of the, like, even older shows like that were 20, 30 years old at that point. Uh, y'all, at this point, a lot of those shows are pushing over 25. Like, Dexter's Lab debuted, what, 96? That's 27 years old. That's almost 30 years old. That would be around the same time as a lot of those old school 70s shows. Like, from Here and Barbara. Barbera. Yeah. So, so yeah, a lot of those shows... but like Kids Next Door is over 20 years old. Uh, Courage of Cali Dog is almost 30 years old. Ed and Eddie's over 20. Uh, Billy and Manny's over 20. Yeah. All those shows would be considered... Around almost around the same age as a lot of those old school eighties and seventies shows, Van and Barbara Barbara used to sh- play late at night for me as a kid. So yeah, that that could actually work. I think. So that could be a way to sustain Cartoon Network, I guess, for longer because it's in a bit of a role right now. But I don't know; it it could work out really well. I guess I'll like it because I get to watch my old cartoon shows again. So that's great. And Cartoon Network Studios. Which, you know, they moved. Well, they're moving officially from their old uh, place to a new place. I believe it's called uh, Second Century Development. And it's still in Burbank, California. But it's going to happen in August 1st, 2023. It's the first time moving in since, what, a while. Like, well over 20 years. But it's not like the end of Cartoon Network, you guys. It's, it's just they're changing... They're relocating uh, from the headquarters. That's it. Really. So, all was not lost. Uh, also, again, something that happened that for some reason... Well, I know why. Venture Brothers, which is one of my favorite uh, adult some shows. It's been around for 20 years now at this point. 2003 was, which was its pilot, and I remember watching that as a kid. But... Like, I guess it has. They had the finale. No hype around it, by the way, from, from WBD. Warner Brothers Discovery didn't even, like, advertise it or anything. You had to learn about it yourself. Or you had to be at the San Diego Comic-Con to know about it. So, yeah. Uh, wow, okay. Uh, a 20-year-old show that she had, one of the longest-running shows in, in the history of Adult Swim and Cartoon Network in general, and you don't even talk about the finale. David Zaslav, everyone. But yeah, like, uh, yeah, it was a great finale. It's on Max right now. Again, they didn't—they didn't even talk about it or advertise it. So thanks, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. Really, man. Like lately, I don't know what's up with that company. Well, I know what's up with that company. David Zaslav is up with that company. He ever since he's gone on board. The appeal of, of Max, speaking of Max, Venture Brothers is leaving Max in August 12th, in two weeks, practically. After, after they just premiered their finale, they're gone already. And the guy who made it learned about it on Twitter. Just amazing, really. He's, Warner Brothers, is there's so much potential there. But, you know, David Zaslav, he's not done a good job. That's why no one likes him. It's so weird because there are certain things that I still like about it. Max is still a great streaming service. They they still have a lot of great stuff on there. But letting go of or just dropping a lot of shows that people would really like to watch. I think they dropped also a Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Like, why are we doing this? They say, oh, money is bad. Money can't be that bad, y'all. Come on really like come on I, I feel like it's more than that actually i know it's probably more than that it's probably greed but what do you expect he's not done a good job it's it's he it's unfortunate man if for are cartoons too because he, the, he you know i like that he's behind pro wrestling and AEW which i love but there, there's a reason why he's, he's behind AEW he's he's behind it behind AEW because AEW, and like all pro wrestling, is cheap to make, and can make you a lot of money while being still cheap to make. Animation is not cheap, and takes a lot of time. So him being a typical billionaire, capitalist, money's the most important thing, kind of guy who wants to shoot out stuff left and right, who loves reality TV and stuff like that, Probably is going to be a big fan of of stuff like Venture Brothers, or cartoons in general. So I'm not surprised, but it's it is what it is at this point, I guess. And since I just talked about AEW for a second, might as well talk about it right now. Uh, uh blood and guts. I believe I talked about this before, but even if I didn't, wow! Uh, again, that was amazing. Kota Ibushi, like like. Is that the the the, the move when he went off the top of the? Ooh, wow, yeah, that was outstanding. That's the best rendition of of war games that they've done. That any promotion's done post, like Jim Falker promotions, WCW. Honestly, like that's probably the best I've seen. An amazing match, blood and guts. Like, yeah. Outstanding, and yeah, like, it took up, like, half the episode. I'm happy it took up half the episode. It deserves to. It's, uh, it's a War Games match. Those things are a long free. They take a long freaking time. I mean, include intros and everything, it's like an hour. So, it, it should have. And it was outstanding. I loved every second of it. Uh, also, Ring of Honor. Death Before Dishonor. I saw a lot of people were doing it. There's a lot of flack about, the, like, the build to it and everything. Like, oh, man, this... Well, then the show happened. And even the pre-show was really good. Like, like, every match was solid at least. Literally all four pre-show matches were, like, pre-show matches were all at least solid to good. The uh, one that really stood out to me, A.R. Fox and Shane Taylor, was really good. Like, I would tell people to go watch that match. Uh... The whole actual main, like, the main card matches, all of them were very good. Gravity was... If you understood why... And he's facing Pac on uh, AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night on uh, TBS at 8 p.m. But if you understood why there's a funny running gag with with Gravity and Pac, it's like in WWE when Pac used to be there, he's called Neville. And like his slogan was, Neville is the guy, the man that Gravity forgot because he was such a great high flyer. So... Gravity, this is Lucha, this Luchador named Gravity. So people are like, oh, he's got a uh, heat with Pac because he doesn't know who, who Pac is because he forgot who Pac is. It's, 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 a, it's a dumb, funny joke online. But yeah, I guess off of that meme, they literally just made a, a match. Which will be probably a great match since Pac, since what, Gravity versus uh, Commandor was an amazing match on Death Before Dishonor. And then Samoa Joe Doctor Castle. That was a great match. Ozzy Open. That tag team match. Wow. In Ozzy Open. They're probably, for the last calendar year or so, like the last 365 days, they've probably been the best tag team in the world. So happy that they're finally getting recognition for it uh, with a Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship. Uh, But it was an amazing match. Uh, mogul NBC. first off and this is why i like AEW 2 master wacho and, and ryusuke taguchi on uh, uh, an actual like american promotion that gets prom like come on it, this is why i'm glad tony is involved in pro wrestling, because only if we had just been stuck with what we had before which is wwe people would never even see these people this is all and it was a great match it was a fun match. Shabbat versus Darren Garcia was awesome. And then Shabbat afterwards during his press conference, that was awesome. Like like definitely go out and see like the Ring of Honor press conference, like it, like the post uh show press conference they had, look that up on YouTube. It's there for free. Uh and yeah, go to the part with Shabbat on it. It's amazing what he said. And he was talking through his Google Translator too, which is you know it was it was it was really Really great. Uh, The Dark Order versus The Righteous. Okay, this is a match that everyone was hating on beforehand like, why is this on here? Why is this on this card? It might have been the... It was one of the top three best matches on the show. That was one of the best hardcore matches like plunder matches in all of pro wrestling this year. That was an amazing match. Had no business being anywhere near that good. It was fantastic. Uh... Claudio Casanoli versus Pac, a match that was put together at the last second, ended up being outstanding. Uh, one of two best matches of the entire show, and the best match of the show, and to me, the best women's match in all of North American wrestling this year, Athena versus Bill and Nightingale, this is awesome. First off, with Tony Khan, who owns both AEW and Ring of Honor, this is his first show between the two that was headlined by women. And two black women, which is awesome. And, and they killed it. Had the best match on the whole show. One of, one of the best women's matches. Might be the best women's match all year, period, honestly. And Athena, she has a very good chance of being women wrestler rest of the year. Not just, first off, she's North American women's rest of the year, period. Not, I don't think it's even close, honestly, at this point. It's really not. Now, as for overall, because that includes Japan. Honestly, she has a case for it. Like yeah, you could if if, if 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 someone said that, I wouldn't be mad at that. I'd be like, okay, yeah, cool. She's been amazing this year. This she's like in the peak of her career at this point. And the hype around this match, I'm kinda glad she won in a way because you can build this up from even more. And now you can have some definite hype and people now starting to really tune to Ring of Honor. But I mean, there's their next shows until if you're going off of the last two years, final battle, and that's in December. So yeah, you could really build this up, like like I'm talking about some Bailey Sasha Banks. Now she's Mercedes Monet, but yeah, Bailey Sasha Banks NXT type build up, like long term, long term build up, and it builds up even more. So like the rematch, yeah, it could be like they said. I believe Tony Khan said this is one of the if not the most successful Ring of Honor show ever. I think Final Battle could really like. It, it, if they do this properly, it will demolish any previous Ring of Honor numbers, I think. Because there'll be a lot of hype around this. But yeah, like, uh, speaking of women's wrestlers, uh, Stardom. Okay, Stardom is a, promo, is a promotion in Japan. It's like the premier. It, they It's the best women's wrestling in the world for a while now, honestly. For quite some time. Quite a few years. At least a decade at this point, I think. So... Like, their Grand Prix, right? That's sort of like what I said before, the G1 Climax. It's kind of the same thing for them. It's a round-robin tur- tournament, and it just happened this weekend, and the first day, already. All amazing matches. All... Go look at it, if you can. And it's... It's, there, it's on Stardom World. I believe that's their streaming site, their streaming service. Well, in regards to their streaming service, uh, Stardom World, hopefully they have the, these shows up by today or this week, please. Thank you. But, yeah, like, there's a reason why they say it, it's the best who wins wrestling in the world. Y'all, those matches were amazing. All of them. Go watch it. Also, hopefully, the good thing is that the injury that happened, the freaky injury that happened in the last match, which is unfortunate, that wrestler is fine. She's okay. I mean, she's gonna be out for the rest of the, of the tournament, but, like, overall, she'll still be okay in the future and that's a good thing because she has a very bright future so it's, it's as good as it, it, is, as it could be, be you know since she's injured but yeah overall y'all go watch starting Grand Prix and go watch star, Stardom uh, them and TJPW another Joshi promote like women's wrestling promotion in Japan it's a lot of them and they're all really good and staying in Japan you know another promotion DDT Dramatic dream Team wrestling, as it's called uh the 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 one that for a lot of probably hardcore Kenny Omega fans and Bushi fans, this is what put them on the map this this is the promotion that put them on a the map on the map with what they're doing there in Japan more than 10 years ago. But yeah, they had a, a show this uh this weekend. It was really good. like there's some really good wrestling out right now, you guys. But yeah, I'd advise you guys to go watch that one too. And go watch, the, follow that promotion. DDT. Pro Wrestling. Like, they're really good. Now, the last little topic I'll talk about here is sports, and now i let, well, lot happened, but it could be, it won't, t- it won't, I won't take a long time with this. Like, first off, there are two Dominique track, track meets that happened. uh, In a span of three days, which is weird. But yeah, uh. Diamond League Monaco, there are some good races, but the one that stood out was the women's 1,500 meter. A lot, I believe every single person in that event, that final, uh, either ran like a personal best or like a national record or like a, uh, a, a a meet record or anything like that, like a world lead. I think the majority of the people ran like faster than the world lead heading into that event. But Faith Kipyungo broke another world record shattered it she now has world record in the women's 1500 meter run the woman's one mile and the woman's five thousand meters like she's having an all-time year athlete of any sport of the year period honestly at this point uh and in diamond league london two days later noah lyles a 1947 i think that's a very first off that was an insane 200 meter final in general because uh, two other men, let's see that Tobago, uh, Botswana, at age 20, when in 1905, demolished Frankie Frederick's uh, African record. And, 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 like, the European record was smashed too, in 1974. So, a crazy race. But yeah, Noel Lyles. Now it's starting some hype around it. Even Michael Johnson's talking about, it, like, this man really could break Usain Bolt's world record. And I'm going to say a bold prediction for me for the World Athletic Championships in, in Budapest is happening, like, uh, a, a month from now, or less than a month from now. I think Noah Lyles will break Usain Bolt's 200-meter dash world record. 1919. But probably one of the most hyped things that happened this weekend, and the last thing I'll talk about, happened in NFL. But... Uh, First off, point out the NFL, uh, the running backs, that whole situation. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. Eventually, uh, eventually, this, this, will, this will come back because everything is cyclable. So I know now, like running backs don't really matter like that outside what would help in a system for the teams that win the, the like the Super Bowl and all that. But in the future, you're probably going to need a running back very a lot more than what you do now. Like, I remember a time where, where NFL teams could win Super Bowls with system quarterbacks. So, like, like everything changes. I'll, I'll just say that. Uh, as for what hyped me up, there are two new uniforms that came out. The, the Titans brought back their Euler, uh throwbacks. Man, man. Every throwback that the NFL has put out this weekend weekend has been just a knockout of the park. And the Jets one that just came out today, the New York Sack Exchange era, like those Jets uniforms are the best ones I've ever had. And, like, yeah. They should make those permanent. Actually, for almost all these teams, you should just make those throwbacks permanent, honestly. Like, I know the Oilers one you can't really because, you know, Houston, but still, it's so much better looking. Like, this year, it's going to be an amazing looking year for, for the NFL in general. Like, it's outstanding, honestly. But, uh,. Yeah, that's it for today. Uh and now on to my big time pick. I I only I did only did one last week because I had two special episodes. So I'm gonna go back to that more uh this week. Uh today's big time pick is based on something else that happened to the, this weekend. Uh the Women's World Cup. A lot of stuff happened this weekend. A lot. Uh and the two games I'll picking I'm picking uh are gonna happen tomorrow. New Zealand versus Philipp- the Philippines and Switzerland versus Norway. I'll go with New Zealand to beat the Philippines and I'll go with Switzerland to beat Norway. So yeah, that's my two big time picks for today. And that's it for today. You'll see me again on Wednesday. Again, it's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'll talk about sports, comic books, pop culture, all that. Uh, you can please subscribe. Please download, uh, follow me on Twitter, at Pulliam, P-U-L-L-I-A-M, underscore Blake, all lowercase, and on threads, BlakePulliam1, all lowercase. So that's it for today. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Uh, that's it, y'all. See y'all, and bye.